Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. This faithful Indian companion, Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. The town of Gunstock had been a thriving and peaceful community until Rocky Hanford moved in and took rooms in the Gunstock Hotel. Soon after his arrival with a number of cold-eyed helpers, things began to happen. First, an explosion wrecked the blacksmith shop. The next day, Mrs. Miggs was scrubbing the floor of her little restaurant. It was mid-morning. The door opened to admit a thin, shifty-eyed man in well-tailored clothes. Dinner won't be ready for a... Ah, it's you. Just call me Duke, ma'am. Call me Duke. I dropped in to see if you'd considered Mr. Hanford's proposition. Ah, see here, mister. Just who is this Hanford gent? 
What sort of game is he playing? I explained it yesterday, Mrs. Miggs. Mr. Hanford protects you against loss in case your restaurant burns down or cowboys smash the windows. let me get it straight. You want me to sign up an agreement to pay Rocky Hanford money every week so's nothing will happen to my restaurant. You never know what'll happen, Mrs. Miggs. A carelessly thrown match might start a fire. Bunch of cowboys might come in, start a gunfight, break things up. Someone might toss a can of blasting powder with a lighted fuse attached through your big front window. I get it. It's just the sort of game I thought it was. Now, here's the contract. Here's what I think of your agreement, you sneaking crook. And here's what I think of you. You shouldn't have slapped me, Mrs. Miggs. You shouldn't have done that. Just take that slap back to the hotel and to Hanford. Tell him I'm not paying tribute to a crook. Well, I must say, Mrs. Miggs has spunk. I admire a woman like that. I'm sorry she has the wrong attitude. Hanford, I'd like to go back there and tear her place to pieces. Why bother? A couple of pounds of blasting powder will do the job. How about it, boss? Get it ready, Grizzly. We'll take care of Mig's restaurant tonight. After that, I don't think we'll have any trouble persuading the rest of the people in town to do business with the Hanford Company. That night, the restaurant was destroyed. Two days later, another place was blown apart by blasting powder. After that, gun stock was quiet. But every store, cafe, and office on both sides of the street paid weekly tribute to Rocky Hanford. Cappy Jackson, owner of the largest cafe, paid heavier than all the others. Hanford himself came in each week to make the collection. When he came for the fourth time, it was late at night. The customers were gone. Cappy was cleaning glassware, and a bent-over man with a heavy beard was sweeping the floor. (laughs) What's the matter, Cappy? Why do you look at me that way? Do you expect me to be glad to see you, Hanford? How's business? All right. That's good. That's fine. Glad to hear it. Hope you haven't had any trouble. No trouble. You know, I knew a man over in Washoe who had a big cafe like this. A lot of fine glassware, high-priced paintings on the wall. Poor fellow. Ten men came into his place one night and started to row. Most awful fight I ever heard of. They smashed everything. Tables, chairs, glasses. Big mirror like that one on the wall. Paintings were just riddled with bullets. What's that got to do with me, Hanford? I'm paying you every week. I'm paying your price. I understand you were complaining about my prices. You thought they were a little high. No such thing. I'd hate to feel you were dissatisfied, Cappy. I've got your money right here. There, uh, Hanford. Gold eagles. Oh, I'm sorry, Cappy. I should have told you last week. Told me what? The price has gone up. You mean you want more money out of me? Well, it's not my fault, Cappy. You see, I've increased my staff. I have ten men in town now. I heard that more cowpokes had moved into the hotel. Cowpokes? Cappy, they're protectors of the peace. My eye, they're wreckers. That's what they are. You said there was ten men that wrecked that cafe in Washoe. Curious coincidence, huh? Ten men will tear my place apart if I don't pay tribute to you. Fifty dollars more, Cappy. It's robbery, that's what it is. Fifty dollars, Jackson. I took... Get away from here, you. Only trying to sweep the floor, sir. Get away, I tell you. 
Hanford, what's the idea of pushing an old man off his feet? Serves him right for snooping around trying to hear what I'm saying. All right, get up, you. You're not hurt. Yes, sir. Who is the old glute? Where'd he come from? Well, I don't know. He drifted into town a week ago. Come here and ask for a job. He's been working for three squares a day in a bunk in the back room. Well, send him out. I don't like witnesses to my transactions. But Hanford... I said send him out. Hey there, old-timer. Yep. You go out and take a walk. Get some fresh air. Can finish sweeping in the morning. Yes, sir. This extra fifty dollars is because of some things you said around town, Cabby. Complaints you made about having The stooped-over man shuffled out of the cafe and turned to the right. As he made his way along the wooden sidewalk through the dark and deserted street, his stride became longer and faster and more purposeful. Years seemed to fall away, and he gained inches in height as he straightened his shoulders. His hands were busy while he walked. He removed the whiskers, which were false, and then the battered old black hat and the gray-haired wig beneath it. He drew a bandana from his hip pocket and wiped away the makeup on his face. By that time, he had reached the end of the walk, the end of town. He turned sharply to the right, and a moment later joined an Indian who was waiting with two horses in a clump of trees. Here, Tonno, take these things and put them into the saddlebag. Uh -huh. Here's the vest. I'll have the shirt for you in just a minute. Uh -huh. Be here every night for a week. I didn't know how long I'd have to stay in that cafe to get the information I was after. You get it? Yes, just a few minutes ago. Oh, here, sure. It would be good to get back into my own clothes. No one who had seen the swamper in the cafe would have suspected that he was a strong, broad-shouldered man. A man who was known throughout the West as the Lone Ranger. Now my gun belt. Uh, yeah. Uh, you get proof that everyone in town pay cash to Hanford? I know that Cappy Jackson is paying cash to Hanford. Now I'm going to call on the sheriff and see what he has to say. Oh, here. Yeah. Oh, thanks. You wait right here, Tonto. I'll be back as soon as possible. Now for the mask. Uh, get ready. The tall man fitted a mask across the upper part of his face and prepared to mount the great white stallion. Steady, easy. The horse that was almost as well known as the Lone Ranger. Sheriff Barrow wakened after several hours of slumber. Carnation's uh, 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 still dark out. Wonder what wakened me. I did. Huh? What? Who's in my room? Who is it? Speak up. Take it easy, Barrow. While you're getting wide awake, I'll light this candle so you can see me. Of all the cussed nerve. Come walking right into my house and right into my room. By thunder, there better be good reason for it, or I'll throw you into the calaboose. What the... Yes, Barrow, I'm wearing a mask. Well, Lord. Don't bother reaching. I took the gun from beneath your pillow. Well, what do you want? I've just seen Rocky Hanford making a collection from Cappy Jackson. But what about it? I heard rumors that everyone in town was paying tribute to Hanford's gang, but I wanted to make sure it was true. I've made sure. What are you going to do about it? M me? Hanford has ten men in town. Is that too many for you to handle? I'll take care of my business. You take care of yours. Oh, you can't let Hanford dominate every businessman in town. If the situation is too much for you to handle, let the Texas Rangers move in. The Rangers can't come here without a written request from me. That's the law. Here's a pencil and paper. If you'll write a letter requesting the Rangers, I'll see that it's delivered. Now, listen here, mister. I don't know who you are, but I can make a guess that Hanford sent you. Hanford didn't send me. Barrow, I'll identify myself as far as possible. Here, look at this silver bullet. I'm called the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger? Well, maybe you are and maybe you're not. 
Hanford's a sly one. It'd be like him to send someone here to test me. Test you? Well, that's the situation. Get up, Barrow. Hey, wait. Let go of me. Get dressed. You're going with me. But I tell you, I... You've been a good sheriff for ten years. Any man had told me you'd sell out to Hanford, I'd have called him a liar. I didn't sell out. Then you'll either clean up this town or call in the rangers to do it for you. But wait, Get dressed. I'm taking you to my camp. After I persuaded you to write for the rangers, I'll hold you there until they've cleaned up gunstock. I can't send for the rangers. I can't do it, and you can't make me do it. I'll die before I send for them. You really mean that, don't you, Sheriff? Yes, I do. Then it can't be fear of death that keeps you on Hanford's side. And it can't be money. Barrow, you have a 19-year-old son. Where is he? Please, please go away. Let me be. Sit down, sit down, Barrow. I'm sorry I handled you so roughly. A man will go a long way when the life of his son is at stake. Do you know where Hanford is holding the boy? I've got nothing to say. Have you had any message from your son? I said I wasn't talking. I'd like to play on your side, Sheriff, but you won't let me. <laughs> Look, mister, I, I'm satisfied that Hanford didn't send you. You don't talk like one of his breed. You talk like a man. I... Yes, nothing can be done. Yes, there is, Sheriff, and I'll have to do it. I'll have to take you to my camp and hold you there. But I told you I'd die before I'd write for rangers. I'll write for them. They'll have the Hanford gang in jail before they learn that you didn't sign the letter. No, no. You can't do that. If the rangers come here, my boy will be... So, so it is your son. Yes. They captured him. Part of the gang is holding him a prisoner somewhere. What would you do if you knew he was safe? What would I do... <laughs> I'd have the Texas Rangers in here before he could say Jack Robinson. Is he safe? Is he, mister? Do you know anything about my boy? No. Oh, I... I thought maybe... Trust me. Trust me all the way, Barrow. Tell me what you know. When did you last hear from your son? I'll tell you all I know. I'll show you a letter I got. But it won't help. Nothing can be done. If there's any move against Rocky Hanford, my son will be killed. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. to continue our story. After talking to Sheriff Barrow, the Lone Ranger returned to the woods near town where Tonto had waited in the darkness. 
He told how Rocky Hanford had tied the sheriff's hands. You see, the sheriff has a 19-year-old son who was working in Scottsville. Jack was captured by the Hanford gang. He's being held prisoner. Oh, him hostage. Yes, that's it, Toto. Here's a letter that Sheriff Barrow received. I'll strike a match so you can read it. Oh, Jack Barrow signed the letter, but it was written by someone else. Crooks make Jack sign letter to prove him prisoner. Study the signature, Tonto. That's our clue. The letter tells that Jack is being held and will be released unharmed in due time if Hanford is not molested. You say their clue in signature? Uh, read that signature. Well, it say your son, John Monk Barrow. Yes, John Monk Barrow. But his name is not Monk. His father couldn't imagine why he put that in. Oh. I think Jack was trying to give his father a clue. One of the men who was holding him must be called Monk. Oh, that's not much of a clue. That's all we have, so we'll have to make the most of it. We can find Jack Barrow. The sheriff will call for rangers to come here and wipe out the Hanford gang. How we find them? I have a plan. It may be no good, but it's worth trying. Get your blanket. Pull it around your shoulders and walk into town like a wandering Indian. Go to the hotel and speak to the clerk. Tell him you have a message for Rocky Hanford. Who's there? It's the night clerk. I have a message for Mr. Hanford. Let's have the message. It's verbal. An Indian, a vagrant Indian, came into the lobby. He said he had a message for Mr. Hanford. Bill it, clerk. Monk wants to see you right away. <laughs> What's that? Uh, that's the message, Mr. Hanford. The Indian said that Monk wanted to see you right away. He didn't explain who Monk Where was. Where is the Indian? I sent him away, sir. I didn't want him hanging around. You should lot. have brought him here. But I... Never mind. Get out. What do you make of that, Hanford? You think something's wrong? The shack? I don't know. Remember how Jack signed his name to the message for the sheriff? He signed it John Monk Barrow. He said that was his full name. He wanted the sheriff to know that the signature was his own and not forged. Well, it might have been coincidence that Monk Mason was in our outfit. On the other hand, Jack might have been trying to give his father a tip-off. And let him know that one of the gang was called Monk? Duke, you and Jake go out and look for that Indian. If you find him, bring him here. If you don't find him, come back anyway. I'm going to see Monk. I'll ride alone, but I want the boys to follow far enough in back of me to be out of sight in case I'm watched. The Lone Ranger and Toto were concealed in a dark alley. They saw two of Hanford's men come out and look around and then return to the hotel across the street. A few minutes later, they saw Rocky Hanford appear, go to the saddle shed and come out mounted. Hello, I think Hanford has taken the bait. Ah, we follow him? Yes, we'll follow. We hope he leads us to Jack Barrow. The masked man and the Indian kept well in back of Hanford on a winding trail from town, without suspecting that they too were followed in the dim moonlight by ten of Hanford's men. Presently, they saw Hanford rein in at a shack some distance ahead. Stop here, Toto. Close the road. Now, you stay here? Yes. Stay with the horses and draw back among the trees. Rocky Hanford rapped three times on the door of the shack. Mr. Hanford. Gosh, boss. Hello, Monk. Hi, Mr. Hanford. Butch, how's the prisoner? There he is. An Indian came into the hotel, left word you wanted to see me. Well, I don't savvy that, boss. We haven't sent word to anybody. 
Hey, hey what the... You're covered. He's mad. I'll get him. No, man. I'll get him, boss. As the Lone Ranger fired to disarm Monk, who was in the act of drawing a gun, the other guard closed in and clutched the masked man's arm. Then Hanford leaped into the fight. While the Lone Ranger struggled with Hanford and the guard, Monk stood back, hugging his injured hand and shouting with pain. His gun had fallen to the floor near the bunk where Jack Barrow sat. Despite the fact that his hands were tied at the wrist, the sheriff's son was able to pick up the heavy weapon and fire a warning shot. Break it up. He's got my gun. Stay clear, Hanford. I'll let you have it through the head. Good work, Jack. I don't know who you are why you're masked, but you seem to be on my side. I'll take over now. You two, stand over there against the wall with Monk and keep your hands up. All right, mister. Where are you? Do as he says. I have a knife here, Jack. Stick your hands out. I'll cut that rope. Here. You three, watch yourselves. I'll make a fast move. There you are, Jack. Thanks. Take the knife and cut the rope around your feet. Then you can cover these three while I fit some ropes to their hands. For a moment, the Lone Ranger was in command of the situation. He couldn't understand the half-smile of confidence on Rocky Hanford's face. He didn't know that ten of Hanford's men had heard the shots from far away and had spurred their horses forward to close in on the cabin. Tuttle, concealed in the trees nearby with Scout and Silver, saw the gang ride by. There was nothing he could do to stop them or to warn his masked friend. In the cabin, Jack was free and holding a gun. The Lone Ranger had tied the hands and feet of two of the three men, then turned to Monk, who was sobbing. Oh, no, don't tie me, mister. Don't do it. My hand's busted. I can't stand the pain. Jack, keep him covered. I hear some horses coming. Those are my men, mister. You're through. You see, I suspected a trap of this sort. The Lone Ranger hurriedly moved to the open door and looked out. Can you see who they are? Yes, Jack. There's nearly a dozen out there. They're Hanford's men. Help! Help, boys! Help me! That's Hanford! It's a boss! The Lone Ranger slammed and bolted the door, but not before Duke and Grizzly and the rest of Hanford's men had seen their leader backed against the wall with his hands tied while Jack Barrow held a gun. The boss was tied. Hanford is careful. I saw Jack Barrow. He was free. He was holding a gun. There was a masked man in there. Now, wait a minute, boys. Listen to me. If the sheriff's boy gets free, we'll all go to jail. We gotta get Hanford out of there. What about Monk and Thieves? Yeah, they don't count. It's a boss we gotta get. Give me that rock at your feet, Grizzly. I'll heave it through the window and talk to that masked man and Jack Barrow. Uh, Here, you can't see through the window. There's a blanket over us. I can yell through it. You won't get anywhere that way. Open that door. Let us come in. We want to talk to you. Too late for talking. I'm turning your boss over to the law. You'll never get out of that cabin alive. I'll take that chance. We're coming to get you. Come along. Open fire, boys. Pour lead through those windows. But we might hit Hanford. That'll be his tough luck. We warned the sheriff what would happen if there was any move against us. We're going to keep our word. Open fire! the opening volley of gunfire, the Lone Ranger tied Monk's hands despite his protests, then put out the lantern and jerked the blankets from the windows. Then in the darkness, he and Jack took stands on opposite sides of the room to return the fire of the outlaws, who had spread out to surround the shack. Why don't you give up, mister? You can't win. My man will get you sooner or later. Better keep close to the floor, Hanford, or one of those bullets will get you. This gun's empty. What about Hanford's? I've emptied that one, too. I'm just about out of ammunition. All I have left is a gun I got from Peavy. Make the shots count. There. I got another one of those crooks. You can't get them all. Why don't you give up? 
Shut off that window. Let them know you'll surrender. Oh, how? Like this? I don't know who you are, mister, but there's no call for you to die fighting my fight. Look out the rear window. See if any of them are closing in from that direction. What'll we do when the bullets are gone? Then it's going to be hand-to-hand. I see a couple of them. Oh, hanging all they duck behind rocks. You two haven't got a chance. Listen to me and we can make a deal. The fight continued, but both the Lone Ranger and Jack Barrow became more sparing with their bullets. Hanford's men took advantage of every rock and rise of ground to get to the cabin without exposing themselves. They were moving in slowly but relentlessly on all sides until finally Jack announced his last shot had been fired. This brought a laugh from Hanford. (laughs) Well, the time for that hand-to-hand fighting is getting mighty close, mister. That I want to see. You against my whole gang. You might see more than that, Hanford. Hey, I hear hoofs. Someone else is coming. That's what I counted on. I thought we'd hear from Toto sooner or later. There's more gunfire. What's going on out there? Who's coming? I don't know who it is, Jack, but I'm sure it's help for us. It sounded like an Indian. It's Toto. Spread out, man! Spread out! Did you hear that, Jack? Oh, that... That's my dad! Toto and the sheriff rode in, accompanied by a score or more of angry townsmen. It was the chance those men in town had been waiting for. The chance to square things with Rocky Hanford and his gang of extortionists. Get that critter on the right! Don't let any of them get away! Will you show those polecats who runs Gunstock? Sheriff, behind you! He got them! Let go! Let go my arm! Good work, Tonto! You crooks better surrender! Throw down your guns! You're surrounded! The fight was short and sharp. The outlaws, outnumbered and surrounded, were quick to surrender. Golly, the fight's all over. I'll open the door, Jack. You light the lamp. I put it down here, out of the line of fire. I'll get it. Hello, Sheriff Barrow. Me see gang close in. Me know you need plenty help. Me go to town, get Sheriff. Thanks, Toto. Thank goodness you're still alive. When Tano brought word that you were trapped here, I rounded up men as fast as I could. Jack! Jack, my boy! Oh, dear. Golly, I'm glad to see you. Hanford and two of his men are tied over there, Sheriff. They're ready for you. I think you'll find that Hanford has cash enough to return all he's collected and pay for most of the damage his gang has done. The townsmen have the rest of the gang. I guess this makes the roundup complete. The silver with you, Toto? Uh, him outside. Come on, then. We'll shove on. We've got to get to the silver mine and get more bullets. Sheriff, we'll meet again. Adios. Thanks, mister. Thanks for everything. Golly, Dad, that masked man... That masked man is the only gent in all the world that I... Yeah. Oh, well, never mind. What were you going to say, Dad? Well, son, I had to knuckle down to Hanford's game because they were holding you as hostage. But when I heard that the masked man had been captured, I just had to move. I had to do it even if it meant your life. Tonto, the Indian, he didn't tell me you were here. (laughs) He just said the masked man was trapped. (laughs) Oh, gosh, boy. I'm glad to see you. Oh, but, Dad, that masked man, if he's so important, who is he? Who is he, son? He's the man who found you. The man who trapped the Hanford gang. The man who cleaned up the town of Gunstock. He's the Lone Ranger. I'll do it. Oh. <laughs>
This is a feature of The Lone Ranger Incorporated, created and produced by George W. Trendle and directed by Charles D. Livingston. Tonight's story was written by Fran Stryker. The part of The Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. (laughs) 